Okay, we're recording. Okay. Living with PTSD can be an isolating experience, affecting not just the individual, but their relationships, daily life, and overall well-being. It's a condition that demands understanding, empathy, and a support system that goes the extra mile. That's where mentoring comes in. In this episode, we'll uncover the transformative power of mentorship in the context of PTSD. We'll explore the ways mentors can provide not just a listening ear, but a guiding light through the challenging journey of recovery. We'll hear stories of resilience, learn about effective strategies, and discuss the importance of building a community that understands the unique needs of those with PTSD. Whether you're someone navigating the complexities of PTSD or a potential mentor seeking to make a positive impact, this episode is for you. We're joined by Mr. Doug Lawrence, an expert in mentoring and competence, who will share insights, experiences, and practical tips on how mentoring can be a beacon of hope for those struggling with PTSD. Doug is a volunteer mentor with the Sir Richard Branson Entrepreneur Program in the Caribbean and with the American Corporate Partners in the United States, working with military personnel in their transition from military life to civilian life. So buckle up for a conversation that goes beyond the surface as we unravel the layers of mentorship and its vital role in supporting individuals on their journey towards healing. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome, Mr. Lawrence. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for this opportunity to have a conversation with you. I'm, I've been looking forward to it all week, so. Me too. Yeah. Great. So, hope that you're having a good morning. And so we're just going to just jump right into um, some questions. And the first um, umbrella, we're going to talk about understanding the need for support. My first question, why is it important to address the mental health needs of individuals with PTSD? So it, why is it important to address the mental health needs of people with post-traumatic stress if, if, if we're not taking the time to, to be able to address their mental health needs, then it's not going to uh, help us in and help them in the healing process that they're, that they need to go through. So um, I, I myself have, have had post-traumatic stress. I had spent uh, 25, in the police and as a police officer and I obviously I saw some pretty horrific very traumatic sort of things and I actually ended up with post-traumatic stress and um, there was no support structure so it was very difficult for for me to do it on an individual basis to try and address my own personal mental health needs when when I needed to have that support structure that was bigger bigger than just that 
I'm sorry. I just realized I was muted. <laughs> sorry about that. That's okay. How does PTSD impact daily life, relationships, and overall well-being? It does have a huge impact because I've experienced it and a lot of the groups that I work with that where we we have a men's group that comes together to, you know, we talk about how each one of us is doing and how we can support each other and all that sort of stuff. Post-traumatic stress has has triggers that come along with it. So part of having PTSD means you may be susceptible to, to, to triggers. And I'll give you an example in a, in a very somewhat minor to me, it was major, but to people listening in, it may be considered, oh, that's nothing I could handle that. But when, when I lost my wife to cancer in 2021 and the hospital that she was in for the longest time, every time I would drive by that hospital, I would become very emotional. I would start to cry and, and in some cases had to pull over to the side of the road until I was, uh, until I'd recovered and was, you know, where I felt that I was okay to continue on. So that had an impact on, on me uh, from, you know, certainly from, the aspect of post-traumatic stress and, you know, there's PTSD, there's operational stress injury, there's, you know, grief, all those things that, you know, you can kind of wrap them up into an, into a parcel, but they all have an impact on your daily life because you're constantly concerned about what, where's the next trigger? What's the next trigger? How am I going to deal with that? And I know I was working with one of the uh, service people, service personnel from through the American Corporate Partners. And they told me of a story of uh, taking their children and they served overseas, came back and they were uh, getting help from Veteran Affairs. But what is what was happening was they took their kids to the, <clears throat> I guess it'd be the country fair or whatever and they were letting fireworks go and the fireworks triggered this person and, and the, the part that I guess you know that we all sort of go well that's not a big deal but they had their children with them and they got to the children got to experience what mom and mommy or daddy were had gone through when they were serving overseas and in some cases, it's very difficult to manage those triggers, but it's knowing that that they're there and that we have to deal with them. I I went to a football game with um, some family and friends. Um, it's been some years ago, maybe six, seven years ago. And I knew that two of the people we were with, I, I knew that they dealt with PTSD. And at this particular game, I can't remember what holiday it was around, but it was a lot of fireworks. Uh, it seemed like I remember it was like a, a loud bass drum, like a real big boom. And to actually see what I, I, I what I witnessed, I mean, they were literally shaking. 
And at the time, I knew a little bit about PTSD, but I had never seen someone like in the moment of. And that's when I decided that I wanted to have some more awareness around PTSD so that I could be um, a support uh, to them. So basically what I'm gathering from what you've just told me, creating support groups and having an understanding environment is very essential for fostering healing and resilient resilience and long-term recovery when it comes to PTSD. Correct. Yeah, that, that's true. And for those of us that are providing support, it's, it's really important that you need to understand that you can't be the fixer. You can't be the person that's trying to fix what's going on. You need to be the person that is going to listen and hear and be non-judgmental and be supportive. And though that that is your primary responsibility. It's not to, you know, it's not to try and fix this situation. Well, you know, come spend some time with me and I'll fix you and, and all that. No, you won't. You know, where you where the best value that you can bring is is just that. It it's listening and hearing, being non-judgmental and not telling, maybe asking the odd question here or there to better understand what they're experiencing. Cause that that for me was the was sort of the most important thing was I want to be able to understand what you're feeling. I want to be able to understand how it impacts you. And obviously if it impacts you, it impacts everybody around you. I need to understand how that is so that I'm obviously more sympathetic, but most importantly, I'm not going to leave you on the island by yourself. Absolutely. I, I wanted to touch on something. So I am a recovery coach. And so sometimes in that, I have to do a lot of self-care as well. Because sometimes when, as mentors or recovery coaches, you pour a lot into people. And sometimes they really have some very significant challenges. So I was wondering, do you do the same thing sometimes? Like you just kind of just pull back, regroup, you know, just get some good self-care in so that you can be better in your mentoring to support others. Is that something that, that you go through sometimes as well? Every time. Every single time we we had a bereavement uh, support group just earlier this week with 40 people showed up for it. It was virtual, but that's neither here nor there. But there was 40 people that showed up and I absorbed the energy from those individuals. And then I, you know, I didn't sleep much that night because because of that. I, I had that and I was there was visions of different individuals passing, you know, going before my eyes. But the, the when I got out of bed the next morning, I had to go through what I typically try to do is, you know, is, is tell myself or look in the mirror or something to do like that and say, you know, 
it's okay you were being of service to others okay. and you know that that's an important part of their healing journey and by you being there for them that's part of your healing journey and frame it in in a positive context and, and then basically you know meditate breathing any any exercises like that that you can do to flush that negative energy out absolutely thank you for sharing your insight okay so the next umbrella i want to talk about the role of mentoring in ptsd recovery my first question how can mentoring contribute to the recovery process for individuals with ptsd well i think we you know we've kind of touched on quite a bit of you know certainly the as i described the mental health mentor is is somebody that is able to listen and hear non-judgmental isn't there to tell is there to guide more than anything else um and, and it, the other part is that and this is something that i i maybe i dwell too much on at times but is the aspect of the, the mentor can be that person that you go to in between appointments with professionals so right. if i right if i have today i have an appointment with my psychologist but i can't get back in to see him for four months what do i do if if i if something goes wrong who do i go to and that's where i've i'm a huge proponent of the aspect that mentoring can be part of the support structure for ment for mental health so in your mentoring, what resources and tools do you utilize to enhance your effectiveness in supporting individuals with PTSD? You know, the 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 biggest tool in that toolkit is my ability to number one to listen and hear, and then number two to be non-judgmental, and and you know those those are the primary ones. And then number three, it's the ability to build a trusted relationship. I will I will share with the person that I'm mentoring, working with, I will share some personal experiences, some lived experiences, right, that I, I myself had to um, show the vulnerability that I have when it comes to, to, to dealing with this. That's, I, I use a lot of that to uh, share life experiences to build uh, or increase trust as well. And I, I found that to be very effective. And so another thing I wanted to ask you, um, in your mentoring, do you provide like education around the stigmas associated with PTSD? To some extent, I basic understanding you know and certainly the basic understanding of the stigmas but what i try to do more than anything else is i want i want the person that i'm spending time with to to start to feel comfortable and start to open up and i i try to avoid at the beginning i try to avoid having conversations that are um I, what I want to be able to do is I want to be able to share some of the things that I've experienced 
in order to help them, you know. Um, and when you talk about stigmas, I, I gather one of the ones can be uh, from a male perspective is, you know, I don't need to reach out and ask for help. I'm, I'm, I can do it on my own. Uh, no, you can't, you know, it, it's, that's probably the biggest one that I've, I see is, you know, and not to pick on my, my, my partners in crime, the males in the audience, but, you know, it, it I well, I remember I went for a period of time, and this was more grief type counseling. But I went for a period of time where I just went, I don't need that. I can do this on my own. And and as time went on, I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't healing. I I was very emotional and just and and it just kept going and growing and growing. And it was when I finally kind of, as I said. <laughs> So jokingly say that's when somebody hit me upside the, the side of my head with a frozen fish I all of a sudden I woke up and I went oh this might work mm -hmm. and so th then I started with you know the the different types of therapy and stuff like that to, and it, it helped me break down those stigmas you know the stigmas of you know being the macho male and all that sort of stuff. It, it broke it down for me. Okay. So in my experience, I do know more males who have deal with PTSD than I do females. And so someone uh, very close to me, initially, that's where they were at. The, the person knew that they needed help. But they felt like, well, I can do this on my own. I don't need any help. And that kind of led to a path of um, substance abuse with alcohol because that was the, the coping mechanism that they chose at that time. And so at the time, I mean, I was much, much younger. I mean, probably in my early 20s. I'm 47 now. So again, I didn't understand at the time. So at the time, I'm thinking that I'm helping the person by saying, you need to go to the VA. You need to do this. But essentially, it really was turning the person away because at the time they didn't want to, to hear that. So over time, I just kind of just stepped back. And then the person just realized, you know, I can't do this on, on my own. And so they just decided, they just made up their mind, this is it going over to the VA, going to find out, you know, what help that I can receive. And thankfully, the person has been doing really great. Initially, it was hard for them. Um, as far as the, the medication part for them, that part was okay. But then when it came into wanting to implement the therapy with the psychiatrist, that was the hard part. And so, but they navigated through those, those challenges. And so, that's again just a story of resilience. So now I realize that people have to to work through things. You just can't throw things at them all at one time. Well, yeah, I agree with that. And and just to sort of add to your, you know, your story of turning to alcohol or, or substance abuse or whatever, I turned to alcohol. Mm -hmm. 
And it, it was something where I would get called to go do some police work of some sort, but it would be something that was traumatic and in nature. And when I'd come back to my, my place of residence, I'd go to my the cabinet I had or the cupboard that I had in the kitchen that had all my liquor stashed in it. And I'd go and I'd grab a bottle and take the cap off, throw it away. And I'd, I'd drink until I thought I'd solved all my problems. Mm -hmm. When in fact, all I did was make them worse. Mm -hmm. You know, so it, it, and we had back then, you know, that was many years ago. Now um, there was no support structure. There was no one in, I was stationed in some rural, very remote areas and there was really really no one I could turn to to say I don't understand what's happening to me I you know I'm I see these things and then I come back and I immediately want to go and drown my drown what I saw in, in alcohol and part of me says that's not a good behavior to have and another part of me says yeah you got to do what you got to do so to speak and mm -hmm. so it, it it took a long long time to get past that Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm glad today that so many resources are available. Even in, in this podcast today, education through this podcast is a source of empowerment, you know, empowerment. So um, when I post this later, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the viewers will have some very helpful um, insight to get, you know, just kind of help them better understand all right, so my next question for you, um, how can community and peer mentoring initiative contribute to a broader support network for individuals with PTSD? I've just, I've just finished doing a bunch of research on, on peer mentoring. And when you go through and you read a lot about what it's about, what peer mentoring is all about, it has a huge, huge influence part, however you want to describe it, but peer mentoring plays a significant part in the mental health space. In fact, some of the uh, programs that I've seen are, are actually supported by mental health associations. So there's, you know, there's, there's definitely that. In, and I know there's a organization in here in Canada, in Ontario, that um, has a, um, a mentoring, a peer, peer mentoring support certification that you can go through and become certified as a peer mentor. You know, so the people are, organizations, people are starting to recognize that they, you know, they need to do things such as that. And you know, you, you asked the question about the, you know, community. Community is part of the, the bigger picture, right? It's, you know, and if the community can get behind and start to move forward with, you know, being able to provide support and enhancing that support network, it's, it's going to be, it's all for the good. Because um, I know lots of organizations that, don't have a support structure in place, but I'm sure that if they were pressured by the community to maybe put something into practice, that they would most definitely go down that path and, and be able to do to do that. So 
you know, there's for, for our listening audience, when you're looking to sort of say, I think I need help and should I turn to my community or what about peer mentoring? You need to reach out and ask for help and you need to, you know, do a bit of research homework to be able to find where you're going to be able to get that type of support. And I'm urging you to do that now instead of later when perhaps it might be too late. Okay. So now that you said that, my, my next question, how can families and friends be a support? Because remember, initially I told you, I thought that I was, I was being a support. I really wasn't because I didn't have the awareness around PTSD 20 plus years ago. So what are some things that family and friends maybe could could do to help support someone? Well, you know, the and you've touched on it, which is education. It's really important that you understand what PTSD is, how it can impact, you know, your loved one, but just as importantly, how it can impact you from the ripple effect of their behavior. So, you know, all of those things. Um, and ask, ask the questions. Like one of the, the, the nemesis that a lot of people come to me and sort of say, what's with these people? Don't they understand, you know, and where they're coming from is, is not knowing what to say and when to say it. So they, they will say, so tell me, how are you feeling today? They don't want to be asked that question. They, they want, you know, somebody who has an understanding and is able to, because what I always tell people is that if you don't know the questions to ask me, ask me that and I'll give you some questions you can turn around. If you feel that you have to say something, then let me give you some suggestions on what you can say so that a, you're not uncomfortable, and B, I'm not shaking my head and you know, and sort of saying they don't get it. That's good. That's that's perfect. I'm I'm glad you hit on that so that people kind of have, I don't know if you want to say do's and, and don'ts, because sometimes your intention may be well, but it could be something to trigger someone with the, the question that you may ask. And so I, I just want people to just be very mindful of that. So I'm glad that you did indicate that. Okay, so that was pretty much the, the gist of my questions. Um, I just wanna thank you for sharing your, your insight and inspiring words today. Um, do you have any other final thoughts or any type of maybe, I don't know if you've written any books or anything like that that you wanna talk about um, in your closing final thoughts? Well, two, two things The you know, I, I've written two books and probably the one that's of most interest is my latest book, uh, which is titled You Are Not Alone. And it's available on on uh, Amazon.ca and Amazon.com. And it, it's a it's a story, not a story so much as it's a book that talks about how mentoring can be part of the mental health support system. And so we go through that Amazon number one bestseller UK and uh, USA also bronze medal recipient for global book awards. So um, I encourage people to, you know, 
pick up a copy of it from 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 through Amazon and take a read and you know a lot of what we talked about today is is supported by by the book and then you know sort of my parting comment or piece of wisdom is don't be afraid don't stay in the closet forever don't be afraid to open the door and reach out and ask for help because there is help that you can get Absolutely. Thank you for that. And before we leave, so of course, I'm going to go on Amazon as soon as we end here. And is it okay for me to share your link from Amazon to put um, in my YouTube comments? Because I want as many people who are book lovers like myself to have an opportunity to purchase the book so they can get some better education and understanding around PTSD. Yep. So that's yep, by all means. Yeah, by all means. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your time. It was nice meeting with you. And I hope that you have a great weekend. You as well. Take care and thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Take care.